You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Great, it's great to be with you again. Uh, it seems quite a long time now, uh, and it's good that uh, I don't know everybody. I don't know all your faces. Um, as we were praying for Ledbury, uh, as Andrew said, we planted uh, up in Tudorville 10 years ago with about the same number. Um, so I was I remember talking to a, a pastor at the time who's, who was, you know, how are you doing? It was a strategy. And I said, yeah, there are six of us. He said, oh, he was a bit shocked. And he said, we planted with 50, my last church plant. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but, you know, just want to say to you, Lebry guys, we start with six, about the same number, and uh, in Ross, and, and here we are now. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not in the end down to a great strategy or great plan, I don't think. We sow and we water, and God gives growth. God will give you growth. And we just have to be faithful with God. And I, I, the one thing I love about it, well, kind of love and hate, about church planting is for us we had no idea what we were doing but we had faith and it's okay to go out not really know. I'm not I'm not saying ignorance is a good thing but sometimes you just don't know what you're doing but God knows <laughs> so this morning uh, uh, Andrew and Karis have asked me to talk in your series on in Luke about Jesus and they've asked me to talk on Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit and in the notes somewhere, it said, in this series, you want to fall in love with Jesus again. And I thought, well, yeah, I think we're going to fall in love with the Holy Spirit. But I have to say that I've seen some fresh and beautiful things about Jesus as I've looked at this. <clears throat> so I want to kick off by reading a well-known passage when Jesus starts his ministry. And that's in Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 14 to 22. And it says, it should come up on the screen. Uh, so Luke chapter 4, 14 to 22 says this. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. This is a beautiful biblical picture of Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, declaring his, his ministry, declaring his mission to the people. And it's a wonderful picture. So look at some of the highlights. It says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. But you see, it wasn't for himself. It wasn't to feel all uh, goosebumpy and, and happy. It was for a mission for the people, which was proclaiming the good news to the poor, freedom to prisoners, sight for the blind, 
free the oppressed. And it says, all spoke well of him and everyone praised him. That is a beautiful picture of Jesus. But I want to take you a bit, few verses back to something I think is even more beautiful about Jesus to get a more complete picture. Um, and that is in chapter 3, it talks about Jesus' baptism when the Spirit came upon him. So Luke 3, verse 21 says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, he was, and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I think for me this is even more beautiful. Jesus at that time was empowered by the Spirit. The Spirit came upon him ready for his ministry and he was affirmed by the Father. You are my beloved Son whom I love. In you I'm well pleased. God uh, proclaimed sonship, acceptance and he's uh, uh, been pleased with his Son before Jesus had done anything. He wasn't pleased with his ministry because he hadn't done anything yet. He was just pleased with his son. And that's, you know, God is pleased with you before you do anything. Like a little baby, we are very pleased with them before they contribute anything to the household. Yeah? What they contribute is not usually that helpful at that age. <laughs> and um, it showed, but it shows something that, uh, that struck me. It shows something beautiful, and that was the submission of Jesus. This has just struck me as something beautiful and joyful. We don't really like the word submission. We'd like to be the one, generally, that people submit to. But to submit is a beautiful thing, and Jesus knew that. First, he submitted to John the Baptist to baptize him. In another version, it says, John the Baptist said to Jesus, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, let it be done. And it's an odd thing because the baptism of John was a sinner's baptism, a baptism, sorry, a baptism of repentance, and Jesus had nothing to repent of. But he said, no, I, I, he identified with sinful man. He had submitted for, to the Father's will and became a human being with all the restrictions. He, he laid aside his glory and became a man with all our limitations, a human being and didn't think it beneath him. It's dignified to be human. And he submitted to the Father's will. Submitted to the Father's will. Ultimately, we know, on the cross. And he prayed before then, saying, can this be taken away from me, but not your will, not my will, Father, but your will. And then what I see is, being full of the Holy Spirit is about submitting to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, well, sometimes we think perhaps a bit different. But let's read on in, in the next bit about the Holy Spirit. It says, Luke 4, verse 1 to 2, says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. And I think, hold on a minute, this doesn't sound so good now. He was led into the wilderness. I want to be led into a land flowing with milk and honey, not the wilderness. And I certainly don't want to be led there to be tempted by the devil. 
Jesus told us to uh, pray, lead us not into temptation. And here is the Holy Spirit leading him into a, a place with no food and water to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. But Jesus submitted to the Holy Spirit. Before he went and proclaimed what he was going to do, that he was going to bring freedom to the captives, he went into the de desert. Jesus knew the joy of submitting to the Holy Spirit. And I mean that joy. I'll come to a bit more about that later. But it is a joy to submit to the Holy Spirit. And I just want to talk about two aspects of being filled with the Spirit. One we've already talked about today. The reason that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, firstly and most importantly, is for relationship with Jesus, relationship with God. The primary desire of God is to be with his children. That's his primary desire. And the Holy Spirit enables us to know God's presence. Um, I remember one day, uh, one time I was on holiday in Greece with some friends. And I don't know, if you're out of your normal context, your kind of daily routine gets goes out the window. And I realized in, the, in a few days in, I thought, I've not read my Bible or prayed um, or at all this week. So I went to the garden of the hotel with my Bible. And I sat down. I had about half an hour before uh, um, dinner was served. I sat down to read my Bible, and I woke up just before dinner was served. Didn't read a thing. I, th I felt, you know, you feel bad because you've not read your Bible for a few days, and so now I felt worse. And I felt just God saying to me, I don't, and I understood what he meant, what he was saying, so it might sound strange. God said to me, I don't want your Bible reading, and I don't want your prayers. I just want to be with you. I know he does want us to pray and read the Bible, but not so we can tick off. I feel less guilty now. I'm in God's good books, but he wants to be with us. And I, I, I was with him, and I slept with, 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 in God's presence, and God was happy just for me. And that makes my time of reading the Bible and praying so much lighter. I'm not trying to impress God with my, my Bible reading He's never impressed. Whatever Bible reading plan I take, I do well for ooh, four days is a good, good one, and then I'm behind. But he wants time with me. When I became a Christian, I understood that becoming a Christian was to submit my life to Jesus. They, the, the phrase that was used was giving your life to Christ. It wasn't receiving Jesus or having your sins washed away. It was giving your life to Christ. And, and so in that time I was thinking about that, mainly was I was thinking, I don't want to do that because I've got my plans. My, I've got my plans of what I will do with my life, and I'm not sure I want to give those up. And the one thing that kept, the Holy Spirit was working me, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. He was just, I just knew that there was one sin that he commit, uh, convicted me of, and it was this, to submit my life to Christ, to give my life to Christ, to his plans, lay down my plans, and to follow his plans is right. And to not do that is wrong. It was just that choice. It was that simple. And I remember the day that I prayed a prayer to submit my life to God, and I remember the joy I felt. 
It was kind of a relief, really, I guess. A relief to know I'd done the right thing. But I remember very clearly waking up the next morning and God was in the room. God was in the presence of God was in the room and I was filled with joy. And I say he was in the room. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I, it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that. I just knew God was in the room. And the joy of that, because I just thought I would meet God when I went to heaven one day. But God met me there. Uh, he didn't say anything. He, just, he was just there. And I know I experienced his presence and his joy. And that's the thing that he wants most of all. So that's the first aspect of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The most important aspect of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to is relationship and his presence. And the second one is to do the works of God. Holy Spirit enables us to do the works that he's got for us. And I've seen this differently as I've been preparing. And I've often prayed for God to fulfill me and give me power to do the works that he's got for me and for guidance to know what those works are. And I've seen that God has a plan and the things he wanted to do through me. But what I saw differently is that God has a plan of the things he wants to do. And he's looking for a body through whom to do it. I kind of saw it, I mean, it may sound the same thing for me. It was quite a, it's a subtle thing, but it was very big. I'm looking for the Holy Spirit to live in me to do the work. God is already knows what work he wants to do, and he's looking for a body to do it. That's why Jesus came in the flesh. To do, God can do anything any way he likes, but God uses human beings in the earth. The heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to man. And the rule is through man. So he's looking for a body to bring his kingdom into this earth. And we are that body. The first body was Adam and Eve. Those bodies were Adam and Eve. And then, because they messed up, Jesus came. And it says in Hebrews about, it says this about when Jesus came to the world, and he's quoting Psalm 40. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 5 to 7, Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So rather than me thinking, standing here saying, God, give me your spirit to do your will. And often I have an idea of what that can be and what I'm really saying. I've got these great plans. And it'd be good, God, if you could uh, get on board with these great plans I have uh, because they're good plans and they're for your kingdom. Rather, I'm thinking, now God has got a plan and a will for, for my life, for Ross, for Ledbury, but he's looking for a body to be submitted. He has prepared a body for us, and he's looking for the people that would say, with this body, I have come to do your will, God. Because we are followers of Jesus. We're not asking him to follow us into where we're going. We are looking to say, where are you leading me, Lord? I, um, and 
as I say, when I became a Christian, I knew the joy of that, of submitting my life to Christ and the joy that came unexpectedly. So it's not, I was looking for a fix and therefore I thought I have to go through this to get the joy of God. I wasn't looking for that. And then shortly I was at university when I became a Christian and I was praying to God um, where I would go after university and what I would do. And my plan was, uh, uh, so I was, in, I was in Durham and from Huddersfield, I was gonna go to the southeast for some, I don't know why, just my idea. I probably won't go to London, I thought, but maybe too big. I'll probably go, I thought, Reading. And I was praying about that. And that's where I wanted to go. That's the area I wanted to go and find a job. And I was praying about for God's guidance. And I remember the day that God said, you're going back to Huddersfield. That's not what I wanted. I love Huddersfield. It's a great place. Uh, but it wasn't my plan. But I know also when I heard God and knew what his will was, the joy that I felt. Because now I could do his will. And it wasn't, I wasn't pretending that joy. It was real joy that I'd heard God and God sent me. And so to do that, which wasn't my plan, wasn't a sacrifice. It was a joy. And I remember also I was in Huddersfield for five years. and God spoke to me again and said, you're going to take a year out. Um, no, he actually didn't quite. It wasn't quite like that. Uh, I'd heard of this year out team called the Go Team, and I uh, I asked God whether I was asking God whether He wanted me to do this volunteer year, and um, uh, He just said to me, and I was in a Bible week in, a, in the worship, and I was asking God, and He said to me, "It's up to you." And I just said, I, "But I just want to serve you. I'm going," and I was filled with joy at doing His will. And uh, my family were concerned. I was given my job. I was paying for the privilege of doing it. And they placed me in Hereford. And that's how I got here uh, to, for one year. And I'm still here all these many years later. And I, and I worked and I worked in various jobs. And I remember uh, when I, uh, just before I went to Brazil, about 18 months, I, um, I got the best job ever. The best job. I loved it. And I got paid loads of money. I was doing freelance and so much money. It was great. And I hadn't been in long enough to really enjoy that. But God said, you're going to Brazil. And I have to say, <coughs> looking back, I was thinking, you could have given me a few more years to save a bit of money. But at the time, at the time, I was overjoyed. I just thought, I, I love this job but I'm doing God's will. It seems that all the big things that God said to me involve a move that was never in my plans. And what I want to say is that, really, that to know the power of God, like Jesus knew the power of the Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, to do his works, there's a step before that, which is about submitting our lives to the Holy Spirit completely. And it's more, I have to say, it's more difficult when you've got a family to look after. This, this, this decision, God makes you, moves you, makes you do a big, or guides you to do a big decision, it doesn't involve just me anymore. But I know, I know that 
God was with you all the time, in every way. And I, um, I didn't get back to a job to earn that money that I was earning. But I went to Brazil and I got Adriana. Yes! <laughs> and so money's irrelevant. I am so rich, so rich. We are so rich. And so really what I want to say in this, uh, I want to say it's very simple, is we need to learn the joy of submitting to God. Because submitted everything, everything that God asks, whatever that looks like, to say not, not my will, but your will be done. Because I, I, I think sometimes we ask, and not wrongly to ask for God to fill us with power, like we want to have the, the Duracell battery and be the Duracell bunny that can do God's will with power. But God is, is turned that round from this week saying, I've got all power. What I need is a body. What I need is a body. What I'm asking you is for your body. John, uh, Romans 12 says, I never got this. Until, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. I always in my mind think, it doesn't say souls and bodies. No, it doesn't. It just says bodies. Bodies. God needs our hands, our feet, our voice to do his will. His plan, not our plan. He's not saying, oh, what's your plan? I'll give you some power. No, he's saying, I've got a plan. I need a body. I've got all power. God's got all power and all plans and all purposes. He needs some bodies to willingly give ourselves his plans and purpose. And some, we don't know what the next step will be. We want it to be going out to heal the sick and free the prisoners and that. But it might be that you feel at the moment God is leading you in the wilderness and there's much temptation. But you come out of the wilderness. Failure is not the end when God is in the room. Failure is not the end of temptation or hardship. Who knows the next step? But I know the next step for is for us is to submit totally to Jesus. Do you know, I, I, as I look around, uh, I, there are fashions and fads and trends in the church that go around. And one thing that does concern me at the moment is it's not untrue, but it's an emphasis. Where you, you'll see it, this emphasis on God loves you, and that's true, and he thinks you're fantastic. He really thinks you're great, and that's true. But what seems to have gone out of fashion is, and he calls you to repent. And he calls you to change and turn away from your own life and turn to his. It's gone, it's, it's gone out of fashion, it seems. I'm not saying we've made it illegal, but, and we don't talk about it. But I see very little of it. But God calls all men everywhere to repent. And for me, when I became a Christian, repentance was very simple. To follow God's plan is right. To not do that's wrong. And I think that in, ultimately is, is the core of repentance. Do you know, it says in Galatians, be led by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not about, I've got to stop doing this and this and this and this. Now we've got to start doing what God wants to do. and Those things will fall away. So I want to just leave that challenge is, are we submitted? Is there something that God asked us to submit, to lay down, 
to do that we thought, I'll pray about that. No, God's telling you. But it's difficult. So I just want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. Father, thank you for your beautiful model of a man full of the Holy Spirit. But I want to thank you that you found the joy, Jesus, of submitting. You, you are the top. You are the, the ruler and the creator of the universe. And you didn't think it beneath you to submit to people, to authorities, to the Jewish leaders, to John the Baptist. You did to your parents. You didn't think it beneath you. And you found the joy of submission. I pray that we would find the joy of submitting our lives totally to you and to one another. And in that, know the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you want us to do. And we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to be filled with your Spirit for your will, O Lord, not my will, but your will. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.